0: Welcome to Faith Bible College International's podcast. Where we share spirit-filled preaching, teaching, and encouragement. For everyone living to make a world of difference in their life and the lives around them. With the good news of Jesus Christ.
1: we got three preachers today. Woo! Amen. Woo! And... Three preachers, I'm just following Dr. Ward. He, they're coming to you in order of alphabetic, uh, alphabetical order. And so uh, we're going to start right off with Brother Luke coming to share the word, and they'll pass it down the line. Would you give him a warm welcome? And he said, follows. God bless you, Brother Luke. God bless you.
2: Well, thank you, everybody. If you haven't known, my name is Luke Churchill. I grew up around this area for, like, my whole life. Uh, (laughs) And it's really an honor to be up here. And I do not take this lightly. I've been sweating, uh, stressing, and all you can do before this, (laughs) before giving the word. But I pray that this will impact your life and it will be what God wanted you guys to hear Amen. so with that being said I'm going to be speaking on the anointing slash the Holy Spirit I know those are bad notes <laughs> we don't want those alrighty so let me just start this off with,
0: <laughs>
2: yep, uh, let me just start this off with, you are anointed. Amen. You guys have been called and you are here because you believe that you have been called and you are following that call on your life and that's why you guys have been drawn here. don't worry you don't have to fulfill this anointing this this calling on your own it's god that will come into your life he will make a way for you and he will empower you to do so how do we get empowered we get empowered by the filling of the holy spirit the infilling of the holy spirit and that is like one of the most important things For God didn't call us to, well, I mean, he made us in his image. He made me in my mother's womb for a purpose at such a time as this. Yes. But he wasn't expecting me to do it all on my own.
0: Yes.
2: He was expecting... Well, I mean, he might have seen that I was going to try a little bit on my own, fail a little bit, and then, like, try to do it my own again. And then he's like, come on, dude. Like, you're supposed to get the idea by this point that you can't do it on your own. You need to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And you need to pursue the anointing on your life. So. Let's go to Acts, Chapter Ten, Verse Thirty Eight. Because when you read the Bible, you're not wrong. Eight. There we go. And it reads. Oh, sorry. Uh, Acts chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. And it reads, "And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing." All those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And probably should have read that before saying what I'd said, but that lines up with what I just said God has empowered you. So. you ready Sorry. God has called you. He has empowered you. And he will fill you as much as you want, as much as you need. And I pray that you guys just dwell in the Holy Spirit and you search and you yearn for the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah. Because we can't do it on our own and yeah I mentioned that already but I feel like we really need to emphasize that because somehow even like within the years of me being here I felt like that I was able to do it on my own and like I grew up Christian I grew up knowing the word I grew up listening to this and having this been imparted into me but somehow when I got here and I started like relying on my own ability to get through grades, get through academics, to try to do things on my own, and it hasn't worked out. I, I, I still felt like that that needed to be on me and needed to be my effort that had to be put in. But God, He, He's a good God. He's not going to call you to do something that you can't do. He's going to empower you. He's going to come within you. He's going to Give you what you need. And by the Holy Spirit, He gives you the words that you need to speak, that you need to tell these people. Wow. Sorry, I need water. (laughs) By the way, Charles and Church merch. I'm advertising stuff and you're just like, yeah, let's go, but nah. But yes. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit, when he gets into you, he starts to teach you and he starts to grow in you as you grow with the Holy Spirit. So it's no longer you just walking by yourself anymore. You know, like how they have the illustration of like two sets of foot tracks going through the sand and they're like, oh, there's two foot tracks and then it's like, all of a sudden there's none. Where where did the other go? And it's like, Jesus is like, oh, that's me carrying you. But that's for like, that's a nice illustration and everything, but I really believe that God empowers you to be able to walk by yourself, be able to, not by yourself, but with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He is able to encourage you, build you up, and make you into the man that can walk through any trial or tribulation that may come your way. And the Holy Spirit, he's so... So good. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need, and he knows exactly what you need to hear. So, so the Holy Spirit will come into you, strengthen you, help you grow into who you're supposed to be, and grow into your anointing. And when you get into your anointing, and you start activating the spiritual gifts that have been put onto your life things start to change in acts chapter 5 verse 14 to 16 yeah sure let's let's read it Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord's crowd of both men and women. As a result of the, of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came... From the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possibly possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. When you start working in your anointing, things start to just happen. And it's not even just you going out and touching the people, it just starts gathering around you the Holy Spirit, the anointing will just drip around you. There will be an atmosphere that will follow you where you go and will cause things to happen, cause miracles, cause wonders, cause, cause acts of power to happen in your life. Thank you. And with all that being said... You need to protect the anointing and the Holy Spirit on your life. Right. That's true. <clears throat> King Solomon, he was anointed and shortly after being anointed by Samuel, him pouring out the anointing oil over him, he's saturated, he's dripping in it, he is enveloped in the anointing and as he Left things that Samuel have prophesied over him started to happen. And it says that Saul prophesied. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him so strongly that he prophesied. But he's recognized for one of the biggest downfalls of somebody that has had the anointing on them. So please be, be obedient to the Lord. Yes. Right. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit and listen and be open to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Protect that anointing on your life. Amen. That's what I got for you.
0: Thank you for joining. My name is Emily, <laughs> and today I'm going to be preaching out of Amos, chapter 6, verses 4 and 7. Um, if you'd like to turn there, that'd be amazing, because I'm going to be referencing back there probably several times. So yeah, it'd be awesome. Okay, just give me like a thumbs up if you guys are there. Everybody there? David's there. <laughs> good. That's Good. Okay, Amos 6, verses 4 through 7. Okay, there we go. And this says... How terrible for you who sprawl on ivory beds and lounge on your couches, eating the meat of tender lambs from the flock and of choice calves fattened in the stall, and you sing trivial songs to the sound of the harp, and you fancy yourselves to be great musicians like David was and you drink wine by the bowlful and perfume yourselves with fragrant lotions and you care nothing about the ruin of your nation and therefore you will be the first to be led away as captives and suddenly all of your parties will end it doesn't sound like a very happy verse but there is a point to all this so when reading through this, I actually had this for an assignment, um, but then God was just speaking to me, and he was like, yeah, actually, you could, you could preach this. And I was like, okay. So I did. <laughs> I am. And with reading through it, there was just three main areas that I wanted to really pull out and sort of explain a little bit. Um, the first one was contentment versus satisfaction. The second one was a busy work that people just tend to really get into. And the third one is actually the title of my message today, which is satisfaction guaranteed. Yep. Um, so the first one is like being content versus being satisfied. Um, content, like a dictionary definition of that, um, is a state of peaceful happiness. So I don't know about any of you guys, but last semester Was not a state of peaceful happiness for me (laughs) Last semester was a little bit rough. I don't know if anybody else was feeling that I don't know if anybody was having like senioritis or like I don't know I've been hearing some things about how last semester was a little bit rough. The homework was just a type of way in The little bit of an opposite of contentment is Unrest and how you can just be feeling chaotic. So, I've prayed the prayer of God, let me be content. And that's not a bad prayer to pray, right? So, to pray that prayer of God, let me be content, that's a good prayer. That's a good prayer to pray. It's like, God, I know I'm in the place that you want me to be. I know that you've ordered my steps. I know that you have good plans for me, right? But there's something wrong that is not, like, the, like something's not sitting well with me, but I know I'm where you want me, yeah. you know? So it's like, God, please let me be content in where you have me, yeah. you know? It's like, please just, like, fill me with this peaceful happiness, like, this peaceful joy to be where you want me to be, right? So, like, I know what it is to pray that prayer. Like, sometimes we need to pray that prayer. Sometimes we're in that place. However, when how we read that verse, the people of the nation, Amos is calling them out because they had the wrong type of contentment. They were content to be complacent. Right? So the people... It says in verse 3, which I actually didn't even read. It says, they put far away the day of disaster. They put far away the day of disaster to lay on their couches, to eat the best of what they had, and to make trivial sounds. They puffed themselves up with arrogance, with pride, and they didn't care about what God cared about. They had the wrong sense of contentment. And see, this is why we need to know what it's like to be completely fulfilled, not just content with where we are, but to be completely satisfied. Like that's the difference that I really wanted to share was that contentment versus satisfaction there. To be completely fulfilled no matter the situation, not just contentment in the situation that we're at. You know, and like i don 't know about you, but I want to be completely fulfilled, no matter what, right. no matter where I am, no matter the circumstances that are going on around me, no matter the the chaos that 's going around in life, I want to be satisfied fully and not just content in the steps that 's there, you know like I want a fulfillment that comes from knowing God, yeah. I want to be able to serve my master and know that like God satisfies me. Like God satisfies me completely satisfied by being in his presence by dwelling with him by knowing who he is like Luke was talking about having that learn, like yearning for his presence completely being with him and being satisfied with him like we all crave something but what are we filling ourselves up with what are we satisfying ourselves with so that goes on to busy work it talks about it here as, like, like what, are we, what are we doing? What are we, like, calling us, like what, like, what did God call us to do? Are we doing a ministry? Or are we walking in our God-given ministry, like, our purpose, our calling? Are we doing what we know God has called us to do? Or are we just, like, going and working in the Sunday school? Or are we just singing up on stage because that's what we're good at? you know like just because you're active just because we're active in ministry that doesn't mean that that's what God has called you to do that doesn't mean that like that's what we're supposed to be doing and you'll know that's what Luke was talking about too was like he fills you up And you'll know, because the Holy Spirit will tell you, he's not quiet in your life. He's not quiet. Like, it's so important to hear his voice and to be obedient to him. Otherwise, you'll end up completing busy work for Christ and not your God-given purpose and your calling. But, like, why not complete your purpose? Why not walk in purpose for him? Is it because of fear or fear of man, you know? Um... The fear of your past, you know, most people they don 't walk around with like their past as a billboard for their future most people don 't do that you know is it a confidence a self esteem issue you know, you really don 't know what the Bible says about you if it 's because of that you know because the Bible has so much more for you like God has so much more. He tells you so much about who he 's called you to be and who, he, who who he wants you to be. And if it's a fear of the future, God holds your hands and you can look into his eyes and you can know that you can trust him completely with every step that you take. Every step that you take. But you see, like none of that even matters if we promote ourselves in our pride. If we do the busy work of Christ and we never fully walk in it. If we never fully walk in purpose. Okay. That's what the um, the Israelites did, and that's what Amos was calling them out for. In verses 5 and 6, it says they sang trivial songs with the sound of the harp, and they fancied themselves to be great musicians, like David was great. They drank wine by the bowlful, and they perfumed themselves with fragrant lotions, but they cared nothing about the nation, the ruin of the nation. They cared nothing about what God cared about What he truly cared about Was his people When pride makes an appearance No real result will show No real results show Sometimes we are so satisfied By situational And circumstantial results Like temporarily gratifying results That we get so caught up in it Like Like Like, we get our ministry fix from it. Like, we go out and we get ministry fixes. We pour out just enough to be able to come back to church and to fill ourselves up just enough for the next time. And it's not real relationship with God. It's at this point that we need, like, a true satisfaction guarantee from the Lord. Like, we should desire such satisfaction from God because it's not something that He doesn't, like, give. He gives this to us very freely. This is a relationship that we have with God. But with this satisfaction guarantee, there's a warning on it, too. We see that in verse 7. It says, um, suddenly all of your parties will end. Like the nation. They were a people without repentance, and destruction reaches those who do not repent. Amos pleaded with the Lord over and over again on behalf of the broken people. They were broken. Eventually restoration came, but it was on behalf of Amos and his pleading over and over and over again. But thank God we don't have to do that. Thank God we have a relationship because yeah. restoration comes through repentance and surrendering yeah. our will over yeah. and over and over yeah. again the nation wasn't repentant but we don't have to be like that like this could be a lesson for us today because satisfaction is found with rightly following god it's found at the altars when we get on our knees we want to live our lives there we want to be there daily we want to we want to be in his presence all the time when we We said, God, let me be a delight to you. Are we a delight to God? Mm -hmm. Thank you.
3: Afternoon.
1: <laughs>
3: Isn't it wonderful be, to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm so thankful that you know God puts people before me to preach my exact message. It's just awesome. Um, no, to be serious, you guys did wonderful. I'm so thankful that I'm I'm preaching with a couple of people who who took the time to get the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit do something in them and do something in this chapel. Um, so today uh, I'm going to take you guys to Romans uh, chapter eight verses. Uh, 38 through 39 um, for Dr. Bell's homiletics class. That's Romans 38 through 39. <laughs> and it reads I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons. Neither are our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So today I want to speak to you on the missing link. Now I'm not talking about Bigfoot or that random fish that they say has wings. I'm pretty sure those are just fins, but whatever. <laughs> so the missing link, I want to I want to kind of just break right into this. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to say good news. There's nothing that can hold us back from the love of God, right? We see that. It, it clearly states it in that verse. But that verse also lists many things that for some reason they do exactly that. All of those things you can see are distractions. All of them are things that we can take and we look at them and and at face value, yes, they can't take you away from the love of God. That's God's love. There's nothing greater than God's love for you and I. But... When we start to separate ourselves from the love of God, when we start to to start to see the things going on in our lives, like, and I'm not trying to, to diminish things that happen in our lives, but a family member passing away. That's a big event. That's something big. And that's something that some people will say, God, you're not good enough to, to worship anymore. You took my family member away. But that wasn't, that wasn't God. That, that wasn't God that did that. That was the enemy. The enemy had, had a plan, and he had something that he wanted to do, and God is going to take that situation, and I know it doesn't seem like it, but he'll take it and do something good out of it. Yeah, So, as we're here at at college, you know, there's many distractions we have. We have friends, we have video games, we have Netflix, we have this, that, and the other thing, and it's all a bunch of things that we take and and we think are pretty important things, right? Like, instead of doing homework, we go and we hang out with friends. Instead of taking the time to study for a test, we go and watch TV or YouTube or, or this, that, or whatever instead of taking the time to, to do what really matters. So what is the missing link, you may ask? Well, it's you and me. You and me, are, are we are what decides what's important in our lives. God's already, let me put it this way, God, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross 2,000 years ago. He already did what he had to do. If he never blessed, if he never gave, if he never healed, if he never did anything for you and I again, now don't get me wrong, the Bible says he will do all of that, but if he never did anything like that again, he's already done enough. Hasn't he? He died on a cross that we could have salvation, that we could have eternal life, that we could have a a life with him after this life. There's nothing better than, than getting to heaven and him saying, well done, my good and faithful servant.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. There, there's, there's a, there comes a time in our lives where we have to set aside the distractions. We have to set aside the things that we're so focused on and just say, God, I'm sorry. Uh, I was focused on things that, that didn't matter at all. So here's four things that can be distractions to us. Our focus on the unimportant. Unimportant. As I said before, we focus on video games, we focus on Netflix, we focus on all these things. But is that really what's important? God's called us to this college to make a difference in the world. We're going to go out of here one day and we're going to realize that that time that we wasted has no effect. Well, it has an effect, but it's not the effect we want it to have on the future. It's going to do something in our hearts and it's gonna, it, it, it may tear us away from God when God just wants to draw us closer our focus is on emotional things instead of spiritual things we're at a place where we have so many spiritual things going on around us that sometimes we just forget and we're like god i've taken my time i've done this i've done that i've done this i just want some time to myself but in this place god's trying to draw us closer God's trying to bring us closer to his throne, closer to a place where we have peace, closer to a place where where nothing else matters and the worries of this life aren't there anymore because he is spending time with us and we're spending time with him. Second, our inability to trust what we know is true. And what is true is just this, the Bible. Nothing but the Bible. It's this. If, if we're looking for, for answers in our lives, we're not going to find them. We have to return to the place where he said, I am.
1: <laughs>
3: everything is, is resting upon the I am. I am your healing. I am your hope. I am, I am your blessing. He's everything that we need. But we take these things and say, God, I'm sorry. That's more important than you are. I I don't really want to spend time with you. That's more important than you are. And for some reason, we decide that we know better than God himself. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of all creation, wants to spend time with us. And we just want to spend time by ourselves or with our friends. I'm sorry to hit you with something today, but this is something that God's been really hitting me with for the past couple of weeks. Thirdly, our fear of the unknown. We're at a college where we're meant to have faith, right? It's it's in the name. We're meant to have faith. But we are so stuck on, God, where are you going to take me after this? I'm scared. Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter if you're scared. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of peace. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. So why do we trust our heart when, when God's already given us what we need to put our faith in? And we, once again, we let our emotions have more say than the king of all creation. Fourthly, our need for control. How many of you know that there's so many times where God's like, "I, I, I just want you to do this," and we step back and we're like, "God, I, I, I don't think that's really what you want me to do. I don't, I, I can't do that. That's, that's you. That's not me. I, I can't do that." God just wants you to listen to Him. It's all about a heart that's, that's, that's following after him and is willing to submit to him he just wants a heart that's willing to submit that's all he wants that's all he wants all of this only just brings anxiety and fear and worry but if we would just rest in him and say God I I I can't do this As I was sitting down there, it actually hit me. Psalm 91.1, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. When we're trying to figure it out on ourselves, that's the time when the enemy gets to us. That's the time where he puts those little lies, those little things. You're not good enough. You don't belong here. What are you here for? you'll never be able to do what God called you to do. That's when we have to say, God, I, I can't do it. I can't, but you can. I'm just going to rest in you and let you do what you, you've always been able to do, and that's take care. So what's the solutions to all of those questions, all of those problems? Well, number one, we just need to refocus on God. Yeah. Letting God take, a, uh, take up our time instead of the unimportant. How many times are we like, man, I need to go do my devotions, but then we just get this little thing that happens, and it's like, ooh, butterfly. I'm going to go do that real quick. God, I'll get back to you. I'm going to go do that real quick. When if we just went and, and and spent that time with him maybe he's trying to show you something maybe he's trying to teach you something at that exact moment but our focus is elsewhere
0: yeah
3: second we need to begin to trust that god's word is what it says it is
0: yes
3: and stand upon it really because this this is a bible full of promises yes. a bible full of of things that that sometimes it's hard to believe but god is who he says he is right. We're the ones who falter and fail, not him. He's the one who's promised all these things. We just need to to align ourselves with his word. Thirdly, we need to understand that the unknown is something that God uses to grow our faith. The future is something that, well, I mean, I think we all can say at one point or another, maybe even now, as as a lot of us seniors are are moving on, I don't know where I'm going to go. But God does. That's all that matters. Yeah. If, if I don't know the next step, it doesn't matter. I just need to have faith that God is going to do what he said he will.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And he said he will. That's the thing. We, we hear so many stories of people saying, oh, I'm going to do, you know, what I said I will. But what about what God said he will do?
0: Yeah.
3: We try and do things on our own, but God's already said, hey, I've laid out the path for you. Just follow it. That's all it takes. Just follow it. We focus on our own problems instead of God's solutions. I was reminded, Mrs. Pimentel, right before our our break, you spoke on the, the people walking away. That was the biggest thing that hit me. And you know that, that, that yearbook that she said she looked through, where she looked down and there were names upon names upon names that were no longer serving God. Don't let that be us, guys. God's called us for a purpose, and we may not know it yet, but God is still going to use us. Don't let your distractions get you distracted from what God wants to do in your life. Because God is, is there standing ready to do what he said he will we just need to follow him. That's it. That's it. I, I, throughout the entire I, I've been thinking about this sermon for almost a month now and, and throughout this uh, time I've just been drawn back to this one song Come Again by Elevation Worship and Maverick City and there's just this line that says it's not a building you want to fill it's my heart. This empty space is what you've wanted all along Every second that we decide that that our plans are better Our time is better spent elsewhere Then we forget what God wanted to do We forget the plans that God had And we forget that he died on a cross So that we might have freedom And all we have to do is listen to him He just wants our heart And that's it There's no other motive There's nothing else He just wants us out of all creation, out of everything that he created, he wanted you and I. He made us in his image so that we might be able to go to heaven after, after this life and rule and reign with him. That's all he wants is you and I. So my question is to you today, what will you do? What will you do? It's, it's, it's that simple. I've given you what God wants to do, and I've given you what you can do. What will you do? It's an easy question, and it's an easy answer, but we get distracted. And that's it. Thank you, guys.
1: Amen. Thank you, folks, for sharing the word with us today. I just have to tell you the story about Wesley. I was going to share it before, but I didn't want him to be any at all. I didn't want him to interfere with what he was going to do. I remember when Wesley was just little, so little he was uh, walking around the church and the the apartment that I'd given to the, his parents to live in. Uh, Mom came to me and said, you know, I'm really concerned about Wesley. So what's the matter? He says, he's not talking. He doesn't talk. I said, uh, well, we'll pray. So go get him. Bring him here. We know him with oil and prayed over him. And then she came back the next week. And said we have a problem. I said, "What's the matter?" He won't be quiet. <laughs> said there was no return on the first prayer. <laughs> uh, thank God He's giving you a voice Amen. to share the word of the Lord. Amen. You sing the song in the beginning. It was about sing with me, how great. And Wesley told us it's about your attention, yeah. not distracted. Where are you going to put your attention? And I think as we close out the service today, if we focus on what we're going to put our attention on, he's great. (laughs) He's able to take care of all the fear, all the worry, all the things that we feel like will separate us from the love of God and give us a peace and contentment we heard talked about. Godliness with contentment, the Bible says, is great gain. May we walk in that kind of contentment as we focus on the Lord. Would you just close that with this song as we close today? Sing it for me. Amen. Just worship for a moment.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like to know more about Faith Bob College International, please go to faithbci.org. And find out how you can enroll in our programs or partner with our mission. Again, thank you for listening to FBCI Podcast. Join us next time for more teaching and encouragement. Remember, you make a world of difference.